what is up people and thank you so much for this edition of listening to this edition of the new generation hero talk podcast i am your host ej stewart i'm really excited for today's show it's holiday weekend um how we get rapping for us when we uh, record this podcast it was a fun weekend um everybody's in house today i got good vibes um, how you, i hope you guys got good vibes coming into the podcast because i certainly do we should have a fun show with plenty of topics to talk about um today's show we got stuff regarding deadpool and what his involvement might be with the spider-man movie which seems pretty crazy but we'll, we'll talk about that um some news about what we're going to be expecting from the WandaVision show, and I, I'm pretty excited about uh, stuff they're introducing in that. And some Booster Gold stuff. We got some really dope episode recaps. Of course, we're, we're recapping this, the, really, the season of Doom Patrol. Um, we haven't talked about a show in a while, but they just wrapped up their season finale, so we'll talk plenty of that. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a new episode this week, so we'll talk about that episode as, long, as well as a week before that. So I'm excited to do the show. Plenty of stuff to get to, so let's get right to it. Let me get to my co-host. Joining me are Shamari Stewart and Kendall Stewart, starting with Shamari. Uh, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, what's up, EJ? What's up, Kendall? So I'm looking forward to talking about, um, uh, well, Doom Patrol, of course. Doom Patrol has been killing it. Uh, we haven't really been talking about it. You know, I've been campaigning for us to, to talk about Doom Patrol, so I'm glad we'll finally be able to talk about that. Um, and I guess I'm looking forward to talking about Booster Gold. Since we're hearing stuff about Booster Gold, apparently, um, so that should be interesting. Kendall, on the show as well, in studio, what are you looking forward to talking about this week? Um, yeah, I mean, Marvel's a lot of Marvel stuff brewing recently, uh, so that, that, that should be interesting to talk about. Um, and then, I mean, look, Shamari mentioned Doom Patrol, I mean, that show, uh, one of the, I mean, one of the best shows, superhero shows we've had in a while. Uh, at least for season one, uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, anybody who uh, you'll probably hear when we discuss it. I mean, I don't want to you know give away the Jenny Awards in July, in June, May, but you know we do when we do the show in July or August. But uh, let's just say, as you're gonna hear in our podcast, I wait for Pennyworth. That that. Wait for Pennyworth. When does Pennyworth come out? I don't even know when that. No one even knows. Does it come you don't out have in the summer? You don't watch Epics, man? You haven't seen the commercials? I don't, I, didn't, I don't know. Is Epics making any... Who watches Epics? Like, how do they make money? I, do, I guess... Honestly, I, I, honestly, I don't, my I don't, guess... I don't know. I don't know who even owns Epics, but I'm guessing it's one of those channels that's owned by, like, a, a major... A conglomerate. Yeah, yeah just, you know, NBC or... So it's, they just, like... Here's our, extra, here's our extra content we'll just throw on there. <laughs> exactly. You know, syndication <laughs> stuff. We got it. You know, syndicated content. Yeah, we got some extra stuff. So we got some we still syndicated content. We, 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 we still got to show the Cosby through. show. So we'll put it on Epic. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't gonna put it on the main. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't have Bill Cosby on the main, on the main channel. On the main we'll brand. Put him on Epics. Uh, yeah, I'm like, Jesus. Uh, when, yeah, I'm, I'm curious when that show comes out. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil the Jenny Awards, obviously, in May, but... Let's just say that Doom Patrol is going to be a tough act to follow. Um, and we'll have plenty of that towards the end of the show. But uh, I want to begin this show talking about this stuff with Deadpool. Um, so earlier in the week, there were reports that Deadpool, uh, Marvel was kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do with him. There was questions about whether they should um, continue the, the kind of hard R they've been doing with Deadpool in the previous movies. Um, there was talks about should they maybe make it a Disney Plus uh, series, which doesn't seem to really make sense from their standpoint because Disney Plus is supposed to be a family-friendly uh, uh, you know, platform, and Deadpool is not very family-friendly. 
And then there was like, well, what if we, what if we're going to the PG thirteen content? The third option that was floated out there that seems to be getting a lot of attention has been, what if we put Deadpool in the Spider Man Far From Home sequel? What? <laughs> I mean, that that to me is is a, a idea that's in some ways it's very outside the box, in some ways it's not. Now I guess I'll explain later, but those scene. Marvel seems to be kind of in a little bit of a conundrum in terms of what they're going to do with Deadpool. It's kind of interesting to hear these suggestions being leaked out there to see what their reaction will be from fans because we talked about what they're going to do with these Fox properties and they don't seem to know. At least not with Deadpool. They, they seem obvious. They don't seem to know if this reports are set to be true. So before we get to the second part of this Spider-Man Far From Home sequel news, what do you make of just... The, the struggles they're having with Deadpool and, and the idea about him maybe appearing in Spider-Man. Um, I, and I don't know how I feel about that, about Deadpool appearing in Spider-Man. I, that's definitely something, that's something I can even really like picture and not, and not in a way that where I'm like, Oh, I want to see, I want to see this. Like that's, <laughs> that's not something that, like, that it'd be a great, it would be a great duel. Yeah. It's not something, something where I'm just like, uh, I'm more like, do I want to see that? You have to convince me that I want to see that. So that's not exactly something that I, that's not something that I would have pitched or that I would necessarily be looking forward to. Um, I'm not surprised that they're having trouble figuring out where to put Deadpool because Deadpool um, doesn't really fit in. He's with, an awkward fit. He's an awkward fit for any of these people, which is kind of his thing in the Marvel <laughs> right. universe. Yeah, but it's kind of the point. Yeah, it's kind of the point. But how do you make that work when they're trying to like really like build a serious story? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and you know, and trying to if they're trying to build something the way that they were able to build up to Endgame, uh, how do they make that work with with uh, with this guy being in in their movies? So is he gonna be like a serious character in one of their movies and actually like like contribute a lot, or is he gonna be someone that pops up in different movies? Like how you know, so that it. It's not surprising to me that they're having trouble with this. Uh, so I definitely don't envy their position, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this this came from Jeremy Conrad. Yep, shout out to Jeremy Conrad. Yeah. I would love to have him on the podcast one day. Yeah, that may be an attainable get, you know. We'll discuss. Yeah, I'll work the <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, so this report, um, it's very interesting because, I, you know, the only... I mean, there, there obviously there have been stories with Spider-Man and Deadpool, but the one that I'm most familiar with is the episode of Ultimate Spider-Man, where Deadpool uh, is a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a Deadpool and Spider-Man episode, and it's a very popular episode. Very, I think, one of the best episodes of the series that I've seen. Um, so, in that sense, that that combo, that tandem, that that concept worked. But I like that much better for a 30-minute cartoon that has, like, you know, 50 episodes than you know, a two-hour movie where there's only three of them, you know, and we're already going to have two. And the third one, my I guess my fear is that I don't want this to become a Spider-Man Deadpool buddy cop, you know? If that's what they're trying to pitch themselves or, like, I don't want any scenario where Deadpool hijacks the movie. Now, I feel like they wouldn't do that because that just seems like, I don't want to say foolish, but that just seems like, a risky, risky move, and I don't know if Sony would would. I mean, Sony. Would I think Sony would jump to that. I mean, I'll Sony would take that. Deadpool because you know he's Deadpool and it means money, but you know, 
it would be interesting to see how Sony would feel about how Deadpool is used. Now, what I think this could mean, if it's not one of those deals where it's a, where it's a Spider-Man, Deadpool, buddy cop, and they want Deadpool to be the main guy, like, they, they already used Stark in this one, they already used Nick Fury, maybe they're looking for a third main guy, maybe it's Deadpool, but, uh, for the third one. But maybe, if that's not the case, my other theory is maybe this is a situation where maybe this is this is some sort of way in which Deadpool is being introduced in like or Deadpool is helping to introduce some sort of Spider-Verse and there are multiple different Spider-Men like we saw in the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. movie and Deadpool obviously isn't Spider-Man kind of you can you know <laughs> joke that he looks like him or something you know obviously he's just somebody that could break the fourth wall in general maybe connect the dots you know just be a just be Deadpool but maybe it's not like just Spider-Man, Deadpool. Maybe Spider-Man, Miles Morales, you know, Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen, all these different Spider-Man characters, plus Deadpool. And Deadpool isn't like the number two guy. Maybe he's the number six guy. But it's still Deadpool. So it's still somebody you can market. I don't know if that's what they plan on doing. I do know the Spider-Verse brand is obviously more popular now than it's ever been after the movie. They may not want to touch it because that's an animated thing. But I don't know. But. Um, just something to consider. Also, we have Venom, which we'll talk about. But um, so I don't know. I, you know, I think that's a possibility as well. Um, I hate the idea of Deadpool being involved with Spider-Man. I don't think that it's smart. I think that it's foolish. It's a. It's not surprising that here's why. When I hinted that, I think it's not that surprising that they're doing it. Um, it's not that surprising because one, Marvel. The comic books, I, and I, the guys, if uh, for those who listen and don't understand, I, one of my big jumps into reading comic books was actually reading Deadpool comics. And uh, Marvel at that time, it was right as Deadpool's, now he's at his peak in terms of popularity. This is right. pre-movie peak yeah. Yeah, exactly. of his popularity. And they were trying to get Deadpool to interact with everybody. And the one they kept shoehorning was him and Spider-Man. To point where today they have a Spider-Man Deadpool series that's Marvel releases every month I think that you can read and is out there. Um, I I've always found their fit to not be the greatest. Um, I know you mentioned the one episode of Ultimate Spider-Man, which I thought was fine, but to me, like it, it's it's hard for those guys to me to really fit because Deadpool is such he he's such a bad person that the idea that Spider-Man would like spend two seconds with him. Like it, it never made sense to me. Like, and I know, like a lot of times in the comics and in the shows, and they try to emphasize that, like Spider Man hates this guy, right. but it, to me, it just never quite worked out the way it should because Peter is supposed to be the wisecracking, funny one, but when he's around Deadpool, he's very alarmed by what he's seeing. He's seeing a guy trying to kill people and do crazy stuff, so it kind of takes the teeth out of Peter's charm, I think, and he becomes kind of like the grown-up of yeah. the two, and that's not what I ever want to see from Spider-Man. So, I, I just think it's a terrible pairing. I've never really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it looks good on paper, but never seems to be executed the way you would like it to be. So, I don't want to see him in a Spider-Man movie. The reason why I'm not surprised that they're doing it is because the fact that they've done it before, and they're both such big money makers. Right. And, and to me, whenever money is involved, that's always going to be a driving force behind anything. And yeah. If they put Spider-Man and Deadpool in a movie together, that's making two hundred million the first weekend. I'm not even, not even without question, without question, that's making two hundred million. That's a blockbuster project, 
that's a a massive movie. That's a massive summer movie that's blowing anything DC's doing out of the water that that summer. So I fully get it. I fully get why you would consider that. But I think to me it kind of cheapens. Has Marvel ever been the the type? Now to be fair, Sony as well. But has Marvel ever been the type to say to themselves like, "We're gonna do a story," be only because not only because but you you could argue only because of the box office. Um, I can't think of an example. Maybe there is one. You know, I mean, obviously I Civil War. I I'm sure they think, knew. I mean, Civil War. It was going to be a box office hit, but Civil War it was also the, a great story, right? Civil War is probably the one I would say, but I can't say it was only because right. of, of box office. But it was largely because of box office. Um, that's probably the closest one. Like including Spider Man, Black Panther was certainly that was certainly helped the box office. That was something they certainly probably weighed. When they put those characters in the movie, in that of course. Movie. So they've, I'm sure they've made decisions, thinking about the box office in terms of character inclusion, but like to me, Spider-Man and Deadpool all reads money grab in a way that I've never seen Marvel do right. a money grab, right. and and it's and to me it cheapens the lore and the history behind Spider-Man exactly. and Deadpool and Deadpool, because to me like Deadpool being integral in a Spider-Man story because if it's a Spider-Man movie that's an integral integral part of the Spider-Man history and the, the ethos that we're going to have for the rest of his history and the fact that we're inserting someone like Deadpool who has nothing to do with him it, it just seems like again it sounds like a cheap money grab to me there's so much from Spider-Man's history from his character uh, his character arc there's so many things you can go into to try to make a great Spider-Man story that, you know, I mean, Tony Stark was going a little outside the box, but, like, he does have a relationship with Tony. Like, Deadpool, to me, just seems random. And I'm going to watch it, and it doesn't mean it won't be even good, but I would prefer they would continue to expand on what they're building with this, you know, this, you know, John Watts-esque Spider-Man universe that they're creating. I think when you bring Deadpool in, I feel like now we're getting into something that's, totally out of the realm of what they were trying to build when they first started Homecoming. This seems very unlike Marvel. To For them to be so... Like, this seems very... It seems very Sony. It's very <laughs> it's very Sony, very DCEU. Definitely you know, very DCEU. Very I know DC, DC fans would hate me for saying that. This but is very DCEU. I agree with that. You know, and we're post DC. Well, we're kind of post DCEU now. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. So, like, yeah. this is very DCEU. Yes, I'm not saying this is DC today. But yeah, but this, this is, is definitely DC very, tried to do something like this three, four years ago. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, exactly. This is ex- absolutely very DCEU. For them to be like, let's throw these two characters in a movie and make it work. You know, let's give, you know, uh, David Ayer a month. Give me a script. Put Joker make it work. in it. <laughs> put need Joker to be in it. it. No, but put him in it. <laughs> you know, like, put Joker in it. You know, it's like, just put anybody in it. So this is very, it's very unlike them. You know, so I don't know why they're doing this. I hope that maybe they, maybe they need the Russos back. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what's Feige. What's, why is Feige even, like, talking about this? The, and why the, do they think that they can't just do a Deadpool movie? Why are they weighing... To me, a TV show doesn't really make all that much sense either. Well... I don't... Like, why wouldn't... Like, because Deadpool... The, like, Deadpool is proved to be such a moneymaker. Why are you putting him on an app? Like, unless you're just really trying to is, sell the app. Do you want to bring... Uh, like, the problem is trying to include him in the MCU. Something that they may or may not want to do. And then also... Do you want to bring back Ryan Reynolds? And... They cannot not bring back Ryan Reynolds. 
You're saying they have to bring him back. He's yeah. he's a must I, to me. I, I mean, I would largely agree that it would be a mistake to, to move from Reynolds. And but. I think that they will. I think that they've kind of told him that they will. He's made allusions to Disney and stuff in the moves. Like, I don't think he did that not knowing if he'd have a job. Right. Doesn't mean they can't change their mind, but I think that... He's probably talked to people. I think he's probably, probably the only person that, that's been told, like, we're Here's keeping it. you. And then when they announced... The, when they announced the merger, the thing Iger ran out there with was we got Deadpool. Yeah, he was. They made him the the big acquisition, and I think partly was because they knew that they they had somebody in they place. had someone in tow, and they didn't know what they were gonna do with anything else. But they knew he was without question the cornerstone of what they were acquiring. Right, which may make this this, this leak more feasible because stuff doesn't get leaked unless it's happening. Or not that what's happening, but Conrad, being Conrad is, has his ear to the. Ground. Oh, when it comes to Marvel, when it yeah. comes to Marvel. Yeah, he, so he, he ain't writing nothing that is coming Disney. out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I think this is all all the stuff is being floated. I think the Spider Man thing might be the least likely of the three, but I think it's something that's probably been discussed. Staying on the Spider Man note, um, then we got a, another rumor from a Roger Wardell. And if you're not familiar with this man, um, we don't, no one knows what he looks like. He's a, he's a clairvoyant Marvel <laughs> Twitter, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I never heard of the guy. And I kept seeing this story get picked up. I'm like, where is it coming from? And I found this guy's Twitter, and I've never heard of him. But if you go he's back to his... got an egg for a profile picture. Yeah, he's got the egg profile picture. Usually means, okay, <laughs> bot. Yeah, bot, you know, fake profile. But what is fascinating is that when you go through his... <laughs> fake news. One, what's interesting is he has like 20,000 followers. Some of them people who are in the industry. But also, when you go... You know, you looking into his previous tweets, he was giving out some mega nuggets on what was happening in Endgame month you, before you, Endgame you wanna, came out. You want me to read some of his uh, December fifth, uh, twenty eighteen tweets? Just give him one for a little taste of what All right. this guy give has won. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Avengers four will feature the very first character switching from TV to film, and that man is none other than James Darcy's Edwin Jarvis. He also and look that that is more like all right maybe he got some some casting news all right fine fine, fine, fine. but he also tweeted Robert Redford is re- is another returning face to Avengers four he will share scenes with Tony Stark and everybody's favorite trickster Loki Scott Lang is also there but in typical fashion really messes up big time this, he tweeted that in December fifth twenty eighteen when did Endgame come out April yeah twenty nineteen. So at that point, there there probably wasn't even a screen testing. How did he know? Well, so so for that <laughs> background, for that background, I give you today in which he uh, or a couple yeah it was today where he said that um, Deadpool is not being planned to be in the Spider Man Far From Home sequel, but according to him, there's, there's a strong push to put Venom in that movie. So instead of Deadpool, that apparently he says is not being planned or considered at this moment he's saying venom is what sony wants which that makes a lot of sense that sony would want that what do you guys make of venom being a big pack factor in spider-man 3 this iteration of spider-man 3 uh, the second spider-man 3 he's been in if he, I, if i'm he fine was. i'm fine with it you know i look i don't know i mean it's gonna be awkward that him and parker aren't gonna have the same at least history, I'll say. Right. But is, is is there a way in which they can write that in? Possibly. 
I don't know how, you know, but is there a way where they can write it in, maybe? Um, but regardless, they could still, like, I don't think Eddie Brock is without, there's without a possibility, like, he could become a villain that we saw in Venom. I mean, they're making Jean Grey a villain, a villain in, in Dark Phoenix. Whether, I mean, so is it a possibility given that he's being taken over by the symbiote and, you know, there are plenty of characters that have turned evil in movie series that that Tony that that Eddie Brock could ever become a villain for a Spider-Man movie. I don't think it's impossible. Um, I thought Tom Hardy did a good job. My my fear is that it would be a Spider-Man Venom buddy cop <laughs> where like they gotta work together. That's what I'm worried to, about to to fight you know Carnage or something. And I'm like I don't want to see that. So that's my fear. If it's Spider-Man versus Venom. I don't really want to see that either. I don't want to see Tom, Tom Hardy. But if this, if these are the cards we're dealt, Kill started I'll, with. Kill started, started with. He started with. I'm fine with this. Yeah, and now he's like, probably, I don't want to see Tom yeah, Hardy. I'm, I'm thinking I don't about, see Tom Hardy's a villain. I don't want to see him as a hero. I'm thinking about it in my I don't want to see him on my screen. As I'm explaining, I'm thinking about it. I don't want to see him in that Bane mask. I'm like, I don't want to see this. But yeah, nah. Like, I'd much rather see him as a villain. If that if those are the cards we're being dealt, I'd much rather see him as a villain. I'd be largely okay with that. But him as a hero. That's, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know how I feel about the Venom movie. So, I'm obviously not going to be You stoked. hated the movie, right? I, I hated the movie. Okay, it was yeah. a terrible movie. Okay. I had to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be clear. Yeah, no, I had no positive feelings about that movie. So, I, you know, of course, I don't. I hope that this is not the case. <laughs> and I hope that, you know, that they choose, they that they don't, you know, pull, the, pull a, another DCEU and just do the money move. And just say, oh, what people reacted positively, kind of, sort of. Some some people reacted positively to Venom, so I'm just gonna shove him in to uh, the next Spider-Man movie. Whether or not it makes sense, you know, whether or not I have to jump through 16 hoops to get them to interact, um, you know. So I, I I don't think it makes sense from a storytelling perspective. I don't think it makes sense. I mean, he's a teenager now. Eddie Brock is literally an adult. They have no relationship. Um, I mean, I don't even. I don't even know how they would. I mean, unless Venom's just out there eating people, because that's what he's doing now. He's eating people. You know, he is is an anti-hero, I suppose, but he is eating people's faces. So, like, you know, what are they gonna? Eat? Regardless of whether he, he they're fighting each other, I'm like, eh, I don't want to see Venom anyway. Right. You know, and if they're working together, I absolutely don't want to see that. So I just I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I mean when I heard this, uh, I ho hummed, but like at the end of the day, this seems, as Thanos said, inevitable. It seems like <laughs> Venom be appearing in a Spider-Man movie is inevitable, and just like we're gonna live with our own failure. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like it, it is what it is. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of ironic that this would be another Spider-Man three where Venom's involved. Look. Venom is a proven, proven cash cow. And it's when it comes to comics, when it comes to merchandise, when it comes to comic books. I said comics, I'm sorry. Uh, when it comes to television, when it comes to movies, when it comes to video games, Venom just sells. He's just a popular character. And for good reason. It's not surprising why he's popular, but it he is. So when you have that property in, in, in your grasp... Um, it's only a matter of time before you're going to play that card, especially when you had a very lucrative 
debut with him in a solo project that didn't involve Spider-Man at all. Uh, that was a commercial success through and through. So the idea that you wouldn't want to put him next to your most popular character, your most lucrative character, when he's directly linked to him, doesn't make any sense. It makes sense that they would do it this way. Does from a creative standpoint, I mean, look, we've seen a Venom before um, in a Spider-Man movie that was wildly disappointing. We've seen Venom the movie that was wildly disappointed us, but apparently not that wildly disappointed at fans. So I can't really say that it was wildly disappointed. It was not good, but it was not a disappointment in terms of fan base. So for the, I think for them, they may think, well, why not give it a shot and, and you know with um, the Spider-Man Far From Home Homecoming crew all hands on deck like you know they could maybe get something out of this character creatively that could be really dope what and to me they, they lay the groundwork for this when they introduced this multiverse they Absolutely. lay the groundwork that okay that Venom we saw yeah Hardy wasn't in there because that was in a different universe and now here we are he's gonna get somehow and Venom getting sucked in some other universe happens to him like every Thursday <laughs> so, so him somehow that's how he ends up being in the Spider-Man universe oh that's totally 100% possible right what does this mean in terms of, like, do we think that Venom Two would come out before Spider Man Three? Because that would be a huge risk. If you're Venom Two coming out before Spider Man Three, that's gonna happen. So yeah, it, if that, that's, that's a that's a definite, I, I feel like I would, would think happen. so. Yeah, but I see that's a huge. risk. Why is that a risk? Oh, because you think if they do if another bad movie, trash, and then you say, yeah, we had one mediocre movie, and Venom Two just flopped. Which, for being honest. I would say I would trend that movie will probably flop. It's a little early. We haven't seen trailers. You say flop, flop as in commercial yeah, or flop, flop as in I mean, probably both. But I don't, I, I don't, I can't say that movie's gonna flop commercially. I, I, I can't say that. People, the first one was terrible. People, terrible. people first one love terrible. Venom. They just love him. I don't, I can't, I don't know why, but they do. Well, I know why. I just said why, but like they. I, one like, last time we no had a reason bad why movie. I would love him is why they love him, but they just love him. One last time we had a bad movie. That sequel did good. That did well. Um, Transformers might be the only one where like there. Were, well, Transformers one wasn't bad. I'm not saying Transformers. I'm saying though like maybe two was bad, and then three probably still made money. You know oh, what I mean? Um, Transformers like the only. I feel like that that's actually more. There's probably more of those than you would think. Where the second one was bad, but the third one was actually pretty good. All right. There's probably more of those than you would imagine. And, but like, and Venom's unique because we're not unique. But like, Venom's the first one. You know, like. It's it's just hard to do. It's hard to make a bad movie, and, and then sequel, make a sequel and, and, and expect people to still issues. come, just because he is who he is. I mean, I don't, how much did the Ninja Turtles make on their second one? I I feel like that one was a flop, and I mean I was I mean I liked you know I liked the second one. I thought it was fine, but like my, I my thing is like I don't know. I just think if you're Sony, it would be in their best interest. And Marvel's best interest, especially, to hold off on Venom two, and put Venom. If you're gonna put him in Spider Man three, because Venom is not good, and regardless of whether it's commercial or uh, critical, if Venom's not good, like, good luck selling people on him being in Spider Man three. What's also fascinating about the Venom thing is, I mean, again, Tom Hardy is linked to the MCU, so. Was also one. I'm also wondering is what will Kevin Feige think about this? Like, I don't think he wants anything to do with this Venom. I don't think he does either. 
So I wouldn't think so. Nah, I mean, it doesn't mean that, like... I mean, at that point, yes, Spider-Man is a Sony movie, but Spider-Man is also an MCU movie. So now, like, that's on his record, and I would think... I don't know what their deal is with Sony, but I would be surprised if he'd be happy that they went with someone like Venom after after what he's seen. Maybe if there was nothing, and then he saw... Right. And they just introduced him. He's all right, fine. Well, let's see what happens. But now that we've seen this Venom, and it's not someone that they created... Because they had, from what we gathered, nothing to do with the creation of the Venom movie. Yep. We know that they were very integral in what happened with uh, Vulture. Like, they were, they created, they wrote the movie. Yeah, exactly. So, the Venom character, they have nothing to do with. So, now you're saying, here's this character you have nothing to do with. And um, and it was not good commer- cr- critically. But here you go. He's in the next movie because we own the property. Like, I, I mean, I can't see how he'd be happy with see, that. Look, I mean, this dude, this dude is pretty tight. His sources, clearly, at least for Endgame, they were. But, and he may not be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see Venom in Spider-Man three. I think this is going to come. I'm not saying that he's fake news, but I think by the time we get to by the time we get to Far From Home, and we see that movie, we'll know where the story for for Spider-Man three is going to go. And I don't think there'll be any tease to Venom. I don't think there'll be any, oh, is Venom going to be in Spider-Man 3? Is it a symbiote? Like, I think it'll be, I might guess it'll be Norman Osborn, but if not with Norman Osborn, like, I think there'll be characters. Uh, I disagree. I think, I think there's a very good chance that they'll tease Venom. In Spider-Man, in, in this movie? Yes. Interesting. I think a That's mid, interesting. I think a mid-credit scene with Venom is very possible. Really? That's interesting. I don't think Venom's going to be in the next one. I'll be shocked. Like I think, I think this that would be legitimately. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say this is fake news, but I think people can push for whatever they want. But I think, yeah, like, I'm sure Sony. Is I'm sure someone. Yeah, be, I'm sure someone's yeah, pushing. Yeah, to be credit, <laughs> credit this guy. He's not saying that it's it's gonna yeah, happen. Exactly, he's saying exactly. that his quote is Sony desperately wants Tom Hardy's really Venom. Yeah, in this which movie. I believe that. I, I absolutely believe that. But I'm, I don't sure, think I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Sony desperately wanted him in Endgame. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, like come on, let him be in Thanos's army. You know, it's like it's like you know they want to make money. Yes, of course they want Venom and, and Spider Man, but so they can make it a Venom four. <laughs> you know, like that's they, they want Venom's six, seven, and eight to come out. Yeah, in ten years, but you know the story is what it is. Feige knows what he's doing. If Venom's if they start teasing Venom and they say Venom's gonna be in Spider Man three, um. Man, look, man, I'm going to wait for the reviews. I'm going to be like, look, Spider-Man 3, is it, is it good? Is it, wor- is it worth seeing? Honestly, Venom was horrible. He would take that movie. He would take Spider-Man 3. I would be like, I don't know, I I don't know if I, I want to see that I can't say he would tank it because to me, like, Hardy wasn't, I had no issues with him. But Venom is atrocious. Venom itself is atrocious. The movie wasn't, I agree, the movie was bad. But I think that, I can't say that Venom would tank Spider-Man 3 for me because I feel like, the Hardy character that we introduced, that we introduced to, I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't roll him like that, but I think he, I think Venom's, I think Hardy's portrayal and commitment to Hardy, hey, the portrayal was, was very bad. good. So my thing fine. is, my thing is, okay. Well, I would hope that with this character that he, they were given, they could find a way to make it work in an MCU movie. Like now, if you told me the people who wrote who did Venom were doing Spider-Man three, that's right. that's totally different. Then I would agree. I say yes. Now my interest tanks, but I would still be very intrigued. Nah. I, it's not my first choice. I would much rather see them do many other villains. I can't say any other villain, 
But I would love to see them try to try to do any other villain. They've been good with doing new villains, villains we haven't seen before. Um, in these first two movies, they are running out because we had a lot of Spider-Man villains, though. I mean, who else would they? Who else is even available for them to to right. to uh, even? I mean, there's still plenty of Spider-Man villains. I mean, to do a main to be the main villain. I, like Spider-Man has a deep rose gallery, but if we're talking, you get to new, a certain point, you're like, all right, we're really scraping the barrel. I mean, we villains, know we know Craven is the one everybody wants to see. Yeah, Sony seems to. Sony you know, just doesn't seem to be. To he doesn't seem interested in him. They, um, they, they Charles are doing in the Spider-Man. They, yeah. they seem to think he could be a great solo character, <laughs> which I'm, I don't know what the hell they're doing yeah. over there. <laughs> but um, see, like that's they are limited in terms of characters they could debut at a movie film, but. You could always bring back Doc Ock. You always bring back Green Goblin. That's what I'm saying. Well, can, that's why my point, though. You can bring back Doc Ock. You can bring back Electro. Well, no, that, that's exactly my point. Yeah, is that, I, I agree. <laughs> <I'm done laughs> You're done with Electro. Don't no, but I, I agree. Fox didn't ruin it. I agree with that point, but that, that goes to what I'm saying, though, is that it's, at a certain point, it does get hard to, to, to find new people. All right. Like, yeah. like who... Like one night, and that's the problem. Start, he has a deep rose gallery, but you get start to get to the bottom of the barrel now that we're in movie... What is this? The, the, the eighth Spider-Man movie we're going to get this year? Yeah. Or seventh, something like that. I mean, it's it's, it's a lot, you know, <laughs> and and some of these movies that had two or three villains, so that even makes it even harder. So we've had Lizard, we've had Electro, we've had you know Doc Ock, Sandman. we've had Green Goblin, Sandman, Venom. Um, we've had it all. I mean, it's like now we've had Vulture. Now we're gonna have a Mysterio, who is a big one that everyone said we were missing. Like again, now you're talking about okay, we need Craven. And then we gotta get Hydro Man. <laughs> yeah, no, now you're talking we about Hydro Man. Chameleon. Yeah, I mean, now you're talking about Chameleon. Now you're talking about Tombstone. Yeah, I really hope they Tombstone. Hope. Like you, you start to get, you start to get to the people where you're like, I all right, do I really need Hydro to see a movie Man. with these guys? Like, you know, it becomes a little tricky. Um, do you guys want to uh, quickly hear some of his other uh, Marvel potential, not leaks, but you know, rumors? stuff he's hearing that they they might be planning uh why not so he said also in december 5th when he was tweeting out all this avengers endgame stuff he also tweeted don't worry marvel still has big plans for zemo ghost justin hammer general ross and the abomination the leader is being discussed to return as the main villain of thunderbolts which is planned as a trilogy so i mean i don't know we haven't heard any about anything about that you we have not heard anything about thunderbolts months, you know since that came out so i don't know but what's interesting is Feige was asked about the abomination, I think. Yeah, he said something about, you know, we want to bring him back. Right. And that was in the Ask Me Ross, anything, Yes, right? and Ross was in Endgame. And we've heard rumors that Zemo is going to be in, uh, what's the name? Uh, Falcon, 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier. So... There's three of them that are still in the universe. Yeah, and characters that we, we know are... Ghost was are, just in Ant-Man and the Lost. Right, and those these are all characters that have been in the mix. Yeah. You know, in recently. Now, Leader is somebody we haven't seen in a while. Would the Hulk be in in this movie? Considering he's Ross, Abomination, and Leader. Maybe. Something to consider. Thunderbolts, for those who don't know the Thunderbolts, they're, they're essentially the, the, the Marvel's answer to the Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, reformed villains that they're trying to make to be heroes uh, that go on very high risk missions. It's almost the same thing. It's a little... These people, they're trying to reform them, kind of, where there's no really reforming with the Suicide Squad. They're literally just like government contractors, basically. That's the only difference, but more, more, it's pretty much the same. 
Uh, I think it's Thunderbolts movie would be dope. I would be intrigued. He also says that uh, the high evolutionary are Rocket's creators in Guardians 3, and uh, there are also reports from We Got Discovery that they are going to be the villains, or Rocket's creators, they didn't say high, high evolutionary, but that's what, that's what this guy is saying, are going to be the villains in, or a villain in Guardians 3. And they also said right. Mark Hamill is being eyed to potentially play that villain. Whoever Rocket's creator is, so. Um, well, we know we know that. I mean, Gun. We talked about last week. Gun said that this movie's gonna kind of wrap Rocket's uh, story. That would make sense. Mm, would. Last in the in the last movie was very much a personal tale for Quill. It would make sense that they did another personal tale for somebody. Like the first movie was personal for uh, for Drax. Second movie, Quill. This being Rocket's the, movie the makes Infinity. sense. Saga was personal for Gamora. Gamora, exactly, and, and Gamora and uh, and what's the name? Nebula. Nebula. So, uh, you know, Groot doesn't talk, so <laughs> the only other character that would make sense to have their story, a real person story, driven to them would be Rocket. So I, that wouldn't surprise me. I never thought the High Evolutionary is a Guardians villain, but they could still work, or he could still work. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Anything else kind of before I move on? Um. Oh, oh, in terms of this dude. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he also said that uh, Brother Voodoo is going to be in Doctor Strange too. That I would love that. Tilda Swinton in talks to return. Uh. Yeah, and then just more uh, Avengers, Avengers Force spoilers. Right, I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see Brother Voodoo get get introduced. Me too. This dude knew about the Hell Hydra joint from Captain America, man. How? Maybe he's Joe Russo. <laughs> no, honestly. Maybe Joe Russo. I'm going to have just the yeah, Joe Russo like out there. Uh, whatchamacallit. This is like, right. uh, like a social experiment. Yeah. So we're just going to tweet mad spoilers, see if people <laughs> catch on. Yeah. Um, oh, he also said the Black Knight is being introduced, is being discussed at Marvel. So something we have heard recently. Maybe it's coming from this guy. I don't know. But something we have heard uh they said he's possibly somebody we could see at the new Avenger, uh, but they think he's capable of also holding his own trilogy or solo film. Um, so yeah, all uh, all the scoop from uh, Ro- Roger Wardell, who which I'm like eighty percent okay, sure that's not his name. Alias, yeah, yeah that, I'll go. I'll go to ninety nine percent <laughs> sure that that's not this guy's name. There is no Roger Marvel Wardell. Marvel Studios hasn't found this guy yet. He just has his <laughs> yeah, full, I know. Yeah, they drones. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking him out. <laughs> we were taking him out a year ago. With those Bob Iger's lawyers would have sued him for everything he's got. <laughs> um, moving on to the other news of the day. Uh, this was something that was really exciting to me. And it was exciting to me because it would be another uh, vindication score for me. In that, um, uh, EJ, EJ Strike. A, yeah, so EJ Strike. Because uh, HN Entertainment has learned apparently that Legion Marvel Studios is considering developing a pos- potential film television products focused on um, the multiverse and even the superhero team, the Ultimates. Which I say that by saying, what did I tell you guys? I talked about it after we talked, during our Endgame review. Yeah, man. We talked, what is the future of the Avengers? I was Mr. Young Avenger. The and Mr. I said, <laughs> well, you already have uh, a Monica Rambeau that you've introduced. You have Black Panther, who's supposed to be one of the new big three. You have Captain Marvel, one of the new big three. You got to introduce a new team. Wouldn't it make sense 
if you're talking about going into the cosmos to make a team maybe surrounded around the cosmos outside the guardians who make some a team with a little more that packs a little more punch the ultimates came to mind now we're hearing news that the ultimates could possibly be uh in development sham do you think this would be a good idea i do um i think it would be more um i mean since it's centered around the cosmos i think it would take uh, Marvel in a more science fiction direction, which I'm not opposed to at all. Um, but, I mean, it is taking it into a, a, a new direction. Um, so that's interesting. But I am absolutely in favor of this. I, th- I think it would be really cool. I think you need to give... I think it also would be cool because it gives the Avengers that, that whole like brand some space to breathe and for people to not get tired of it. Because sometimes things get so big that people just get sick of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I want something else now. Like you give it some space to breathe. Give it some, okay, it's at its peak. You know, you let it die down a little bit. Let it simmer down. Get people excited about something else. And then later on, when people forgot about it, well, maybe they didn't forget about it. But, you know, when people, you know, when people have moved on to other things, you bring it back. So I think this is a good strategy. I think this would make sense. Well, you can know. Uh... No, yeah, um, I do. I I do somewhat agree with what you guys are saying. You know, it is. It is. It would be an interesting strategy to say, you know, we're gonna let the Avengers brand breathe. You know, kind of create a new one that people can get excited about. Uh, use some of the characters that we have that we've introduced. Uh, you can use some of the major players if you want. Um, you know, like Captain Marvel or somebody to bring in as a draw, you know, Black Panther or somebody, but, um, I don't know, you know, I think, I, it, it depends, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's being talked about, you know, I, I mean, we got more that we're gonna have to talk about, but, you know, all this stuff, I don't know what's, you never know what's true and what's not, you know, what's, what's really, what's really on the board and what's, what's something that's just been talked about and gotten to <laughs> other people, um, you know, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see whether or not, you know, when July comes, if we get an Ultimates movie announced at Comic-Con by Feige, you know, or D23 in August, or July, whenever that is, I'm thinking August, um, but, I don't know, I, I mean, I think, th- it really depends on the roster, I can't really comment until we figure out who's gonna be well, the roster. The roster that's in the comics includes Captain Marvel, Black Panther, uh, Spectrum, who's Monica Rambeau. Um, America Chavez, aka Miss America, and uh, Adam Bernard uh, Rashir, who is Blue Marvel. Right. I mean, I, with that, with that roster, that's the roster. Would that excite you? I mean, then we have to talk about cast casting and stuff like that. That alone wouldn't excite me. But you don't think a movie with Captain Marvel and Black Panther is enough to carry a team of I mean, heroes? I'm not. I mean, the other characters you'd have to you'd have to sell me on. You know, you'd have to sell me on who you cast as. You know, well, America Chavez. Chavez, I think, would be a really good choice to include in the MCU. It allows you to have diversity, yeah. um, LGBT character that you're not the quote unquote forcing or changing a character to be <laughs> right. something else, which you know these nerds go crazy about. Um, this is a character that is LGBT, is Latina, so there you go. And it is very important to the MCU today. In terms of not MCU, the Marvel comic universe today. So she would seem like an easy fit. You already introduced Monica Rambeau. 
And you have a group of characters that we haven't fully got invested in yet that you could also include. You know, like, um, do you include a sorcerer like Wong or something like that? Like, do you include Sam? Uh, Sam? Do you include Captain America? Like, right. you can and do that's what I'm whatever saying. you want. You know, that's why I say the lineup's important. Because I don't know if they're going to introduce, you know, three or four new characters in this movie. i tell you what, I think the Ultimates would be a great way to introduce Kang. Because yeah. they're saying that the Ultimates would be going talking about the alternate realities and kind of addressing those issues not really even as much about the cosmos more about the ultimate universes and the multiverse that would be created so it seems like the more we keep reading the more it seems like this multiverse thing is a thing because i we were talking about maybe mysterio was lying yeah maybe it's a but thing. It's a it seems like every report we keep getting is kind of keeps confirming the fact that no there is actually a multiverse so if that's the case then um then i think that's where kang would be a perfect fit because perhaps there's an alternate universe where he's just a terror and he's you know, destroying everything. I can see that. Um, I think the multiverse just adds. I mean, it just it it's, it gives you endless possibilities. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you can find it, it. It makes things easier. For it them. makes it easier for them. You can just write in whatever. Oh, the the universe has clashed or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then it just that Wolverine shows up. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to make that much sense. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> you just you write them in. You got them. Oh, there's another universe and. And, uh, you know, whatever. Like, and no one's going to be in the theater like, how is that? And like, no, like, it's going to be like, it, it's fine. And, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. So, um, but yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. I think Kang showing up in the, in, in uh, the Ultimates. Though, I mean, I think with this multiverse, I think he could, sh- theoretically, he could show up in anything. Yeah. Um, they could, te- I, I they still, could tease him in the next movie if they want. Yeah. I still think if you put Kang, I still think Kang would be the logical villain. For young a young Avengers movie, uh, especially if they do do the whole Iron Lad stuff, where he grows up to become Kang, and then you know maybe goes back in time and is the villain, and maybe they fight him and he's fighting his older self. And it's like that, you know, like that'd be pretty crazy. But um, that that that'd be the one story that that would make sense. But if they don't do that, I can see him being in an Ultimate movie. I cannot wait for this uh, Comic Con. Whenever, whenever, Honestly, I don't want to get too fight, excited. Whatever fight he does, you, you don't think that we're gonna get? I think we're gonna sleep. I just don't. I don't get excited because I, I, we already talked before. Like, I think it's just gonna be movies that we already know. Like, there may be like one or two movies. No, I think I think we're gonna have some stuff up his sleeve. I hope so. I just don't want to get excited, and it's like, yeah, we're getting Black Widow, Doctor Strange two, Black Panther two, Captain Marvel two, Ant Man three, Guardians three, and it's like. They're all movies we thought we were getting. It is so bizarre. Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah. Shang Chi. It's so whoa. It's so weird though that we're like in a situation like I can't remember the last time we've been in a situation Marvel where we're just like in the kind of in the dark. Like we know there are movies that have been like fake announced through like you know Variety yeah, and dead, Deadline and you know saying hey we're get doing this movie we're like we can't announce it because we still got Endgame you know, but like it is crazy to kind of go through this thing where we kind of don't know still what's happening within the next couple of years. Uh, we know some of these sequels are definitely going to happen. I mean, once Spider-Man comes out, we're not even going to know the next movie. No. Unless, no, not, unless we not face, for sure. Unless they, unless they don't announce it maybe during Spider-Man, but unless they make it very obvious during Spider-Man what the next movie is. I don't think they will, because that's, just, again, a yeah, Sony yeah, property. It's a Sony joint. They already, yeah, Fire already said, no, nah, that's, that's phase three. <laughs> right, yeah, he's not even put, connecting it to his new yeah. phase. So, like, don't worry about that. That's an epilogue. <laughs> um, staying on Marvel uh, real quick. Another big story that came out this week was regarding the WandaVision show. 
And the title of this show, which I thought was horrible, makes a lot more sense given yes. the news that we were we heard to this week. So, um, various reporting from this, the, the the aspect of the Scarlet Witch apparently showcasing her reality warping powers first came from the hashtag show. Um, they also, along we got this cut, well, you got this discovered, or yeah. uh, we got discovered. Oh, uh, what? We got this covered. We got this covered, sorry. Um, we got I'll, discovered. I don't, yeah, I don't know why I said that. Uh, they are saying that this movie, uh, or show rather, will likely be set in the 1950s, and this will be uh, a creation of Wanda's own mind, basically. Um, this yeah. is very fascinating. Again, this makes And that vision still dead. Vision is actually That's dead. how he's going to be back. Like, yeah, he's going to be back, back but he's only, be only in Wanda's head. And this makes a lot of sense, because... Now that the the name of the show makes ton of sense now, right? It's literally WandaVision. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally WandaVision. Um, I, I I don't know what to make of this, but I'm intrigued. I like the idea of of the Scarlet Witch, you know, continuing to be a a big factor in the Marvel universe post Endgame, and the idea that these are the kind of power she possesses, you know bold for stronger, greater uh, implications moving forward, possibly. The idea that Wanda would be so broken by what happened with Vision that she would create her own universe. Very, very true character. True character. Um, I, I I mean, she did this when Vision died in Avengers Disassembled. Um, and then eventually what turned into House of M. We keep talking about how you could bring in mutants... They ever thought that idea maybe Wanda could just create mutants? But then that that's still It could be the anti House of M or anti whatever post House of M when she got rid of all the mutants. That that would still be my problem. Or we still go back to the problem of the mutants coming out of nowhere theory. Where it's like Yeah, but like then what happens to the years of like of like mutant like lore that is in the X Men. I'm not saying this is what they should do. I'm saying this is what they could do. We're introducing a character with this ab- this power. Because like, you, you, like, you, like, like, you can write yourself into anything. Like, you know, when people would say like, "Oh, what if, what if Thanos just, what if Thanos just not created the X Men?" It's like, I mean, or created me. It's like, I mean, it's possible, but you know, then like, you know, Wolverine really been around for all these years. Like, <laughs> right. Professor X, like, you just gonna be the old guy that started up a school out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I just got these powers. I'm, I don't know how to use them, but I'll teach you how to use them. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much stuff where I'm like, all right, whatever. But uh, it's not impossible, though. It's not impossible. Or maybe there, my, my theory would always if you're gonna do that. I don't think she has to create it like that, though. My thing is if you always do that, you, like, there could be exceptions. Like maybe Wolverine, like, still for whatever reason is from an ancient time. Maybe he was mutant. He was a mutant or something. Or maybe she made more. Maybe, they, like, there are yeah. maybe Professor X and Magneto and, like, a select, like, five or six have been mutants for a while. And, like, then she creates, like, hundreds. But, Sham, when you're talking about world-building, reality-altering, I mean, that, that goes beyond just, oh, I can create mutants. I mean, you, she could create a new world, a world where mutants have always existed. Like, so, like, it doesn't have to be as, like, cartoony as Kendall, like, suggested it could be. Where just like we can just show up and then like Charles Xavier is doing the school out of nowhere. Like it could be like she changed the world in a way in which like the mutants have been a part of the Marvel universe. Oh man, that's that's tough, dude. 
I'm not saying it's what they should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I'm I saying that's what that. they could do if you're introduced. I I find it curious that they're introducing someone that could do something like this. Yeah. Especially when yeah. they have this conundrum of how we're gonna include all these characters that we haven't introduced that would have needed years and years of introduction. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going into how I feel about the show, like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I think this is, I think this is particularly morbid, personally. It is, that, for especially for Disney. Yeah, for Disney, Mar- for Marvel Disney, you know, for them to do something like this, where she's she's so distraught in grief, in grief, that she's just like he's alive, and Paul Bettany's playing a dead character, <laughs> you know, in someone's dream. Like, I don't, do I want to watch that every week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it's for an episode, I'd be like, it's an right. episode. I'm like, wait, maybe that's right. the case. Maybe this is the initial. But Vision's like Vision's name is in the in the he's in the title. Well, I'm not saying he's not even in the show. But maybe the initial setting is Vision. I think Vision could still come back. But what if the initial thing is like, yeah, he's dead. She's creating Visions or whatever. I mean, I kind of, I hope he's alive. Or they bring him back or something. I don't know if I want to watch those dead I vision. mean, I don't know why they can't. Like, I even, I, don't know why they can't. I was like, just watching, comments. I think it was Endgame. Or Infinity War, rather. And, uh, Hulk is talking about, or Banner is talking about, yeah, you know. Because they were talking about removing the Mind Stone uh, yeah. from, from Vision's head. And Banner is like, yeah, like. He's a lot of the mind zone, but he's also has a lot of parts of us. You know, Stark, me, Stark. You know, so like he still could function. It didn't work that way, but like because Thanos just ripped right. it out of his head. But like, is there a possibility where like Vision could still be around, just be nerfed and not as powerful? Right. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't just do that. Yeah, I don't know. This, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, I I'd watch, but you know, I don't know. This seems this seems pretty dark to me. Definitely seems dark, but again, not it's it's not something that is outside of the canon for me for someone like uh, Wanda. I mean, she's she, she's proven in the past that you know tr- she goes she's gone through a lot of trauma in her life, and um, some of those traumatic experiences have have led her to do disastrous things. Um, and the, the 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 nature of her power is pretty much endless when she's in a, a moment of despair i think the fact that you could introduce her like that i think would still be kind of cool i think it makes sense because i mean you saw the way she looked in avengers i mean she she was not in a good place she was in a good place to give Thanos that fade but not in a good place beyond that uh she was you know and that not to be fair someone pointed out like a couple days ago that was crazy about that scene that scene takes place Moments after she just saw Vision, Vision get killed, which if you you don't think of it that way because we we're in a movie we see this five years later, but when you think like when you think of like how emotional she was in that moment, you're like, oh yeah, she just saw him die, and now he sees this dude's face again. <laughs> like yeah, you're gonna want to rip this guy's head off. So uh, so I, we'll see. You know, I I I'm not as down on the idea. Uh, 1950s is a little is a little interesting of a time to set, but again, Wanda is kind of she's kind of out there and I, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow she thought that being 1950s would work my cur- what i'm curious about is what could possibly be the 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 plot the plot yeah but what could possibly be the what could possibly be the what could possibly be the conflict of a, of a world in wanda's head that's what i'm saying who's the antagonist in this show because really like who's trying to stop her it, it paints <laughs> itself for wanda to be her own antagonist right which maybe in some way or shape or form it, it would turn out but then my question would be how do you manifest that on a show how do you make that that would be work? very that would be very legion-esque 
this, well, when I was, we were talking about it, this reminded me a lot of Legion and Doom Patrol. Right. Well, this show, this idea, like this feels like something out of what I would see from one of those shows. So I'm maybe, not gonna. Maybe, yeah, maybe they saw Legion and we were like, they were like, oh. Well. Possibly, I think that's a very good chance that they saw what Legion did, and maybe I don't think they would have seen what Doom Patrol did yet. But I think they probably could have definitely seen Legion and saw the success it had and been like, why can't we do something like that? Like you know, if there's anything Marvel's been criticized for, it's been that they're very cookie cutter, that their content is all the same, just different characters. This would be extremely different from anything they've ever done. This would be very bold. So, for that reason, I'm intrigued, and I'm going to give them the thumbs up to try to do it. But you know, uh, how to execute it is going to be the key question, and, and it's not going to be easy. Um, one of the other big stories this week uh, was regarding the last story regarding Marvel was the the idea that a movie or television show surrounding the Power Pack is apparently in development. These are characters that we know that Kevin Feige has been fond of. He's mentioned them by name in the past. And apparently, they're next in line to get some kind of content made. We don't know what that thing will be yet. But, uh, Kendall, what do you make of the Power Pack being included in either a, DC, D, a Disney Plus show or a, uh, or a movie itself? Yeah, this is also coming from Jeremy Conrad. Shout out to Conrad again. Um... I mean, look. I look. I I didn't think the Eternals should get a movie. I didn't think the Guardians should get a movie. Uh, I don't know if the Power Pack should get a, t- a show. But look, Marvel has a way. They have a way in which they're doing things. I don't think that they would be giving the Power Pack a show or a TV or or a movie, whether it's Disney Plus or theatrical, unless they had a real plan for it. Unless they thought it'd be good. Um, I'm skeptical. Not necessarily that it can't be good, but just we talk about it being next in line. I'm not sure if it should be next in line. You know, I think there are a lot of Fox properties that they just acquired that I'd much rather them tackle before they tackle the power pack. But um, I, they definitely do have a, a, a gap in terms of younger content young, young or content for younger audiences. So I could see them saying, hey, let's do the power pack. You know, I, I mean, I think a Young Avengers could work, but if they feel like, you know, maybe it's too grand or. They don't, if they don't have the right mix yet, they can just say, yeah, we'll just do them. But um, there's they would not be, if, if you ask me what's the next Marvel show or movie you're doing, Power Pack wouldn't be like the, the 10th thing, I would say. They would be probably down to like 15. So, you know, that's yeah. where I stand on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I mean, I think it could be good. I mean, it's Marvel Studios. Yeah, it probably will be good. Probably will be good. I'll probably go out and see it opening weekend. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like this may be their reaction to, like, Shazam or something. Mm. Maybe we saw that. that like, makes oh, sense. the younger audience, you know, and, and you know, they even though Shazam wasn't as much of a critical success, or not critical, I mean, uh, as much of a um, box office success. Right as DC may would have liked they probably saw the movie regardless and were like this is a this is a really good movie and we could capitalize off of this and um, you know and then they now they're just like listen who do we have that's young you know who are our kids that we are Marvel kids that we can feature yeah and I guess this is uh, you know this is the team that they chose I think it could work um, uh, I just feel yeah. like the Fantastic Four talking family oriented projects would make more sense yeah I feel like they'd be more recognizable 
Um, though, I mean, I guess they're just not in a hurry to reboot the Fantastic Four. I don't know why, but or well, I guess I, mean, I can we imagine. Know, why. Yeah, we know why. I can yeah. imagine why, but I think I, I think I would. I would still would run to the theater to see the yeah. MCU Fantastic Four. So, yeah, I mean, you know, on the surface, I mean, this doesn't excite me. <laughs> like, you know, I, I I can't be like, oh, I can't wait to see the Power Pack show or the Power Pack movie. I mean, I, um, it's just not much for me to really say i'm not so that familiar with the power pack reading about them in preparation for the show it's not a property that excites me that much but that doesn't mean marvel can't knock it out of the park uh the guardians was a weird concept to me and that was an unbelievable success we'll see what happens with the eternals but the eternals can end up being something similar in regarding in being like an unheralded uh unheralded movie that ends up being a massive success so maybe the power pack could be the next in line. We know that Feige, uh, what I do appreciate with, about with Feige with Marvel is that they haven't just you know scraped the surface when it comes to these movies. Uh, they have tried to go underneath the surface to find characters that maybe haven't gotten that shine. We know they're doing Shang Chi. He also fits in that category. Um, they're kind of making their own superheroes, making their own superstars. You know, like you know using the MCU brand to make uh, superstars out of characters that beforehand were pretty you know unheralded or not well known to the vast majority of people so the power pack could definitely fit into that uh, nature it's not something that i'm going to be running towards or really excited about but they could also do an unbelievable trailer have a great cast and now i'm sold so i i try not to just uh i try to give marvel a lot of benefit of the doubt so i'm doing that here but i can't say honestly that i'm excited about this at all uh i think that this is not what i would have done but Marvel seems not to get too much of this stuff wrong, so I'm going to give them a little bit of rope here. Moving on to DC. So, um, interesting uh, story today talking about Booster Gold. It's a story a movie we haven't talked about in a very long time. But we actually got an update, thanks to Revenge of the Fans, who uh, spoke with the scriptwriter for uh, for the Booster Gold movie. That was greenlit three years ago, but we've heard... <laughs> Wait, I was heard. like, a scriptwriter for a Booster Gold movie? What movie? <laughs> it was greenlit three years ago, and we haven't heard anything since. Uh, but the guy who wrote the script says that he submitted it to Warner Brothers, and that Berlanti, who's supposed to be directing the movie, Greg Berlanti, who's directing and producing the movie, apparently loved it, and that now it's in DC's hands as to whether or not this movie comes to light. But that's a lot more news than we've heard, really, even for the Batman. <laughs> I mean, the Batman doesn't even have a script yet. Um, that has been submitted to DC. We're still hearing that it's being rewritten, and there's still things they're trying to work out. But uh, Booster Gold, it seems like, is right on the doorstep and just waiting for that green light, the official, official green light from DC to move forward. So, Sham, uh, what do you make of uh, the Booster Gold movie as a possibility of being made really soon and, and being in development? I mean, it's DC's kind of... Or it's supposed to be DC's Deadpool, I guess. I Yeah. Um. So... Uh, I mean, I I feel like uh, I mean it's Booster Gold, so I'm in no I'm in no particular rush to <laughs> to, uh, to see Booster Gold. Um, I mean, it could be it could be cool, it could be funny. I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Berlanti being involved. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess in, if you're looking, you know, just net in terms of Berlanti's properties, it's positive. But I mean, there's some negatives for sure in there, especially lately with regards to some stuff. I mean, look, I'm just being honest. 
you know. But there are also very a lot of positives. Very even lately there have been some positives, very big positives too. Doom Patrol is brilliant here. Doom Patrol is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's I like that there have been some positives, you know. Um, so I mean, look, I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah, brilliant. He's like he's a, he's like that the basketball player that's like a gunner. It's like yeah, he, <laughs> he got he got forty, but he took thirty five shots. <laughs> You know, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, he, he Berlanti loved it, and it's like, I don't know what that means, honestly. Just because his record is, with me, is so, with me in particular, so mixed. It's like, I don't know what that means. That could be fantastic. It could mean that it's a spectacular thing, or it could Look. be some. it could be another DeVoe, you know, or another, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like, Prometheus. Well, Prometheus is great. No, Prometheus is great. Yeah. great. But then, could be know, another, writer. Know, uh, yeah, another writer, another, uh, another Damien Dark. Dark. Dark yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Oh, I don't no. know what it is. What, so. I, what I will tell you, you know what this means? If Berlanti loved it, and Disney's paying him half a billion dollars to, or you know, Warner Brothers paying him half a billion dollars, it might ha- it, it might happen. This is one of the few times. Generally, when you talk to me about you know Warner Brothers movies in, being in development, I I shoot it down like it's not coming out. But look, if Berlanti is on board with it, then I feel good about this possibly happening. Happening, um, you know, I believe uh, Stents was. I believe he worked on The Flash, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, remember, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was one of the first people to work on The Flash. I don't know if he still does, but in the early seasons of The Flash, he was like a writer. Because uh, I remember that being a thing when they when we... I think we talked about this, like, you know, however many years ago, at least two, three years ago. Uh, but, um... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know. It's been so long. Do they, Are they really going to do this now? But, um... And if they do, is it going to be something that's made for TV, made for... The streaming service, or are they gonna be theatrically released? Oh, I know. I think th- I think this movie is a yeah. This is the a-, a theatrical release. Yeah, I don't think this is a service streaming service thing. Yeah, you know, if that's the case, um, I have my doubts on how many people are gonna see it. You know, it's we talked a lot of convincing. Yeah, we talked about um, Shazam, excellent movie, and even that was the worst movie uh, critically uh, commercially in the DCU. Uh, in since they started DCE, right. so and what's the common denominator, or what's that, that factored into the, that movie being a flop financially, and some of the other movies? Now, I would argue for the people that said that you know we may not be getting a Shazam sequel. I would argue it didn't help that it was the last movie. So like people have seen the the droves of bad DCU movies to then it's gonna be hard to convince them to then go see Shazam, even right. if people say it's good, but. It's also it was also the least you know known property of of the movie that they've released besides maybe Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad had Harley Quinn and Joker, so they right. they who are more known. They, than yeah, Captain they they Marvel boosted they boosted Shazam. that. Yeah. So if you do boost your gold, someone who's less known than Shazam may be harder to sell than Shazam. I mean, unless you make him Deadpool, and even Deadpool, you know. Wasn't an easy sell, but they did so good with the marketing campaign that it didn't matter. I thought Shazam but had De- a good Deadpool marketing. is was is more known, absolutely Gold. way more known. Than yeah, Booster, Booster Gold. Gold isn't like a, a tenth yeah. of the amount of exactly because he popularity. Hasn't, he hasn't had the exposure in different areas of media. He hasn't been in video games. Hasn't been you know he's been in a couple of animated TV shows, but like obviously Deadpool has a, a had a brand of his own even before. Uh, you know his movie, so money wise, I don't think this would do well. Which is why I don't know if I would release it theatrically. But I mean, if it's a good story, why not? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Booster Gold lends itself to be possibly a good movie. I would want to see it. I hope that they find a way to get this done if the script is good. Um, I do think you make a good point that, you know, Berlanti is being cut a very, very large check from DC. So things that he likes, I, I feel like it would surprise me that they would rebuff him. That, yeah. It seems like they have a very good working relationship in terms of this, you know, I mean, he's been very much in line with the, what characters show up in certain movie shows and what characters don't based on the movies. So the idea that he would be left in the dark in terms of this movie would be surprising to me. So I'm going to say that this movie eventually does happen. Um, I, I think I disagree with you guys. I think that's a movie. I think this movie can sell. I think this movie can do well. I think that it will take a, a great marketing campaign. Yeah, it's going to take one, one heck of a marketing campaign. It would. <laughs> it would. But I think, I think, I think Booster Gold lends itself to you getting a really good actor. Yeah, you'd have to someone cast who's somebody. a big name. But I think I think it's gonna be someone who would want to do it because Booster Gold is so not that serious. Like they cast like Zac Efron, like it'd I, be perfect. For like Booster I think Gold. I think then you can get people to show. Up. It'd be but like I think they, Robert. But Batten I think they will. I, that's the thing is that I think <laughs> yeah. that I think that they would be able to get someone. Cause I think that it would be someone who wouldn't be linked because a lot of these, some of these Hollywood types are scared to jump into the waters because we're a fan base that is very sometimes nasty you know and they don't want to deal with the nonsense of if people don't like your movie wanting to you know send you death threats and stuff but the benefit of working for someone like doing a booster gold movie is the fan base isn't that wide so if you do a bad booster gold movie it's not really gonna hurt you that much you know so i think that people will be more willing to take that risk assuming the money is the same for a major superhero uh a major superhero movie so honestly you know who? well no never mind i was gonna say you know, Ryan Reynolds would be great, but I was like, you're, you're the Deadpool. <laughs> so, yeah, and you're the Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. Because so. that's what I was thinking about. I was like, that, you know, Green Lantern was a flop, but he'd be great. He would be, he would be, but he would be a he's great already, Booster Gold. He's already Booster Gold for Marvel. So. But I, I, I think that Booster Gold would be really cool. I, I, I would want to see it. Um, we'll see what happens. But I think that in the worlds of DC that they're making and after seeing Shazam, they have, they could possibly have an avenue to like, and to to look, a different brand of movies. The thing is, like, if Booster Gold can kind of fit into what they did with Shazam, I, I talked to I told Shamari this early. We were talking early in the week when we were talking about Shazam's flop, quote unquote flop. You guys two, keep saying that. I don't think it's two hundred and eighty three hundred eighty six million. I think that's a good number. Why do people think <laughs> that it flopped? Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, it's it, been the talk. But it's it's the it's least, the worst movie that it's that's, the least it's successful worst, movie. Least successful that in the quote unquote DCEU. So and that's gonna be a, that's a red flag for them. I guess. For, for them, maybe. what I'm gonna say is <laughs> that's a quote unquote flop. But I, like I told Shamari, that's only because Marvel has been cranking out billion dollar movies all you know oh, yeah. every other. Yeah. It seems like every other every year, and Warner Brothers has done well for themselves with a lot of movies. So. They have now have this false sense of what a, a commercial success is, and what is not. Yeah, booster th- gold is something you can do. It probably won't cost. The budget doesn't have to be through the roof, you know, to make a good booster gold movie. Right. You can do it. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want a TV, TV budget for a movie, but like, if booster gold, booster gold could easily be a TV show, and I don't think people would be oh, it's gonna be too hard to do on TV. So right. like, you could do it with a with a lower budget, and it would still be good. Um, it can still make money, and they just need like good. They need to worry about making it good. Shazam sure it did make a whole ton of money, but uh, it won them a lot of it won them a lot of respect and a lot of brownie points with this industry. 
I said, and I saw a shout out to uh, Scott Mendelson. He said that he had an article a couple last month saying that Shazam is no more of a box office bomb than Ant Man and Wolverine. Which right. I, I agree. I don't think it's a bomb. I, it was it's on, relative it, to the other movies. It, it, it was a ninety million dollar budget. They made a massive profit. I just I, I don't think you can compare those other movies. Like to Batman and Superman and the Justice League, you can't compare that to Shazam. I think comparing it more with like Ant Man and the Wolverine makes more sense, and I think it did fine. Uh, I think Booster Gold could probably do similar numbers at a similar on a similar budget, and I think it would be worthwhile. Uh, but I think this is a good point now to do our uh, show recaps this week. I think we got everything. Yep. So uh, let's start with Doom Patrol. Um, this show is phenomenal. This show is one of the best TV shows right now on television today. The only other show I've ever used that for on this show has been Legion and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think Doom Patrol fits right into that nature today. And again, I told you guys I don't want to make it sound like I'm giving away Jenny's today. I'm only one-third of the vote. But Doom Patrol is the best superhero show on television right now. We still got a whole season of Agents to do. We still got... Pennyworth, Kendall was talking about. <laughs> we still got. I've, I've only seen five episodes of uh, of, uh, of of Cloak and Dagger. And still got Legion. And ten is coming up. But we still got Legion. And so, Krypton. And Krypton. So there's still plenty of time. We're st- we're about maybe a three quarters of the way done with the season now. The new season oh, we have. And uh, Swamp Thing. And we didn't. We Swamp Thing, which is also supposed to be spectacular. We haven't still haven't finished watching Punisher. Shamari has. We haven't. Jessica so Jones Jessica Jones comes out. So there's still plenty of time. I'm talking about today. Today, there's clearly someone in the Iron Throne, and it's Doom Patrol. Uh, I thought these episodes were unbelievable. I know we can't go through all of them because we haven't talked about the show in a while, but we can focus on... Yeah, start with episode four, then. (laughs) Episode four. I believe the last episode we did was the therapy episode, which was like eight or seven, something like that. I think that was the last one we did. Um, Man, but that one was also awesome. I... To me, we could talk about the more recent episodes, and just honestly, we could in the season, you know, just the yeah. season as a whole. I tell you what, it would be a real shame if, for some reason, we didn't get a Doom Patrol season two. Yeah, I mean, hasn't been officially announced, which is bizarre because remember the word was that it got greenlit for season two yeah. before the season started, the which we talked about on this yeah. show. Yeah, and it seemed odd at the time. Brandon Fraser has been making rounds. Uh, in the media and these different shows like I think he was on the he was on one of these shows like the Today, Today Show or something you know talking about his role in Doom Patrol really he, yeah he was, he's was. he been on several shows I've been watching him do interviews talking about the show and talking about how it's different so they just, just they just put it on YouTube for free so they're yeah, definitely this, trying to this, put it out yeah there. this show I think they know it's really good but this show has no did. business being on the DC Universe I, don't think, I think they. I, I don't think they. I don't think they thought it'd be as good as it is. Yeah, and I don't think that. And I don't think it's getting, it's doing the numbers that they would have liked because well, no, they feel it deserves. I should say. Well, DC Universe frustrates me because an idea that I think was really good on paper hasn't been executed the way it needed to be, and now what, would, like, you, what would you change? For one, the. The, the the rolling out with such very little accessibility to game consoles yeah, that was insane. a disaster, complete disaster. <laughs> um, so many people stream their things through gaming consoles. People who, have, especially people who have cable. Yeah. If you have, because there are sorry people 
you know, people who want to be millennials say, oh, I don't got cable. There are a lot of other people who have cable. So, no, they're not going to have Amazon Fire Stick. They're not going to have any of these other nonsense things. They have regular cable, but they have an Xbox. You call Roku nonsense? I love Roku. That's why I watched <laughs> TV when I was away in Philadelphia for my semester at, uh, at, at, at uh, Drexel. But at the same time, there a lot of people consoles are how they stream their their services they how they watch hbo how they watch hulu how they watch netflix so the idea that you wouldn't put this thing where you know gamers and comic book people that's come on that that's an obvious cross cross section of fans that is just easy it makes perfect sense you wouldn't put that you wouldn't make that one of the most priorities to get in your platform out there terrible and i think they started with an awful show to to start your platform with I think the name Titans made sense, but the product they were putting out there wasn't gonna was not gonna make people buy that app. And I'm not saying the show was even bad yeah, per se. I was gonna say I don't think it was awful at all. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying what they presented from a, a marketing standpoint and what they were pitching fans, no, that wasn't gonna get people excited to say, Oh, I gotta get this app now. Right. So now where we sit here today and there's questions about what the future of the, the universe DC universe app is and a show like Doom Patrol which if this app was rolled out correctly would have been a massive massive success commercially is now we think in limbo purely having nothing to do with the show it's all because of DC and Warner Brothers so that's why I, I so Kendall answering your question those are the things that I think are the reason why we're here today, where we're not worried about season two for a show that's fantastic, and I think it would absolutely uh, deserve consideration for Golden Globes, Emmys type stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the show is that good. And when it's funny when uh, Frazier was doing those rounds, he had people like even like people like Al Roker <clears throat> talking about how he watches the show and he loves it. He's like Robot Man is so funny. Even people I would have never thought yeah. would even like give the show the time of I day. Mean, Doom Patrol, because Doom Patrol. But they have people like Frazier and other people that are in the Hollywood, that are known in Hollywood, yeah. you know, that are able to tell people, hey, you should check out my new show. And, you they, know watch what, it and they see it's fantastic. I mean, you know what helps this show is having uh, someone like Brandon Frazier, a vet, having, you know, a uh, someone like Timothy Dalton, yeah. very, very mm-hmm. huge name in Hollywood. Like, having those types of people. Matt Bonner, Dian- Diana Guerrero. Guerrero these, yeah. these are big exactly. names. Exactly. So, like... The, you know the Hollywood elites are going to support, you right. know, for lack of a better term, you know they they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna support it, and um, it's definitely gonna catch the peop- some people's eyes. You know, it's and, not gonna go unnoticed. And this show is, you know, I wrote on Twitter that this was the best quote unquote superhero show on television. I say quote unquote because this to me this show is like not your capes show. It's not really your superhero yeah. show that's kind of what uh, very traditional sense mr nobody kind of jokes about throughout the show exactly i mean i love the ending of uh i believe it's episode 13 yeah. when he's like now nah, finally this is the show we the want show to you see. <laughs> yeah. give you guys the superhero show you've been asking for the showdowns like the fact that like he like the they way they break through the wall because he wasn't there yeah they, i mean it's just i mean this show is just so smart um i don't know where you guys want to begin but I thought that the penultimate episode was just really outstanding. And um, I think what I loved about this entire show is it's, it kind of reminds me of Guardians, but, like, it's way more intentional in its aspect of really trying to sell home the idea of life being about second chances and about making the most of your second chances. 
Guardians, you know, uh, I know Gunn has talked about how that's a big part of his story making, but like because it's so like box office movie popcorn kind, of, like sometimes it can, you kind of lose that because the story is a lot more personal. And of course, you could tell it over the course of fifteen hours because it's a fifteen episode series. You feel it more with this and kind of seeing them go through all the things they went through and then get to that penultimate episode where they have the choice of going through it again um, or changing what they've gone through and, and having the life that they probably should have had had they not made certain errors that we then learned really wasn't having anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's the chief. It's the chief. And and to me, that's that it, the show is, is that's what's crazy about the show is that it's a redemption. But at every turn, there's still so much heartbreak that goes into it. Right. I, I, I just I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought that I mean that and that I would, and it's funny when you're watching a show and in that twist, I completely did not see coming. I was I was waiting like, what is the chief going to say? I mean, so nobody wants him to say so much. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, so that that's. I mean, there's just so much that was great about the show. Another thing I wanted to mention to you guys, I'm putting uh, Jane Patrol up for a gent. I thought that was a spectacular. The episode. solo episode. Really? Yeah. I can't even. I mean, that episode that was, was awesome. That was a very good episode. But every I, episode. I, every episode be, is great. Yeah, every I, episode I, it's hard great. for me to single out. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. To every me. episode was great. Every character had an arc. I would say the only character I feel like got gypped, and maybe if we get season two, they can get more. I think that Rita probably could have got a little bit more. I would but agree with that. I agree. Outside of her, like the rest of them all had like really deep like stories yeah. that were told throughout the season. Yeah, you know, like and each had. I mean, a lot of them had episodes with their names and titles that would really go in deep in depth, like the Jam Patrol episode. Um, but like, I mean, each episode, like each character something happens or something gets unveiled about their story where it's like man like this is pretty crazy you know like yeah. I mean Trainer had a lot of it, the I mean it almost had kind of I would say like it almost had like Captain America feel obviously because he, you know he's all from all the way back in the military you know, in the military and stuff but like um he's he almost like he's almost like what happened if like Captain America's like story went terribly wrong in a lot of ways like you know, it's right. not it's not particularly the same, but like Captain America, in some ways, it's like very perfect. Yeah. And like, you know, he went on some like dangerous mission that like could have changed his life. Yeah. But instead, it almost killed him. Uh, turned him into a quote unquote monster. Yeah, turned him into a monster. He ended up being tortured for years. Like, oh, you're gonna serve your country. Right. Like, like there's so much, and there's so much like stuff going on in his personal life that he was he was living a lie. Right. Like there was like he's like the anti Captain America in many ways. Yeah. Um you had, you know, Robot Man who's I mean, one, Fraser did an excellent job, like on the level of Robot Man's you know, also up for a gen. Bradley Cooper, uh Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, shout Atlanta. out to the guy shout out to the dude that was in the suit too, because it wasn't Brandon. Yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't him dude. in the suit. It was a different guy in the suit. But he also his mannerism and stuff working as a robot also yeah. were yeah. perfect. It was cool hearing Frazier talk about working with him too. Yeah. And how cool it was and fun it was and how they had like a good relationship with each other. But like, you know, and he was like praising him and saying he did such a good job like portraying robot man in the suit. Yeah, absolutely. And I also did think the people in the show did a good job of of showing how Robot Man, I think 
through the show, you can see he, he was having an easier time moving around and doing diff- different things that would require more precision. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool to see also. Yeah. Um, yeah, his character, you know, I, I do wish, I, I do think that, I'm not sure how who I, how I felt about the way they closed, them they closed off, but the way they handled his situation with his daughter, you know, I think I would have liked, you know, better closure, but... You know, I don't think we're done with that. Yeah, I don't think we're done yeah, with that. I don't think so either. Um, I think that was more of a tease to maybe you know future stories, but um, but his character was also. I mean, I would say he was probably episode by episode certainly the funniest character in the show. Um, and look, we talked a lot about obviously Cyborg, you know, coming into this season. Uh, you know, obviously he's a big name. He's an A lister, the DC A lister on the squad and I mean you know we used to make jokes about how you know Jovian Wade isn't that big well, he's yeah, small look the, the, the but, talk about Cyborg going to this show was negative yeah <laughs> between those stuff remember those uh those like those videos of the the casting calls and those yeah. guys reading the scripts and we were like why is he dropping all these F-bombs what, that was what, what what's he talking about <laughs> like we yeah, yeah, between that, that between and it, the, yeah yeah the Jovian Wade casting and he really wasn't like that in the show he was very, he was, like, they weren't, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure yeah, he he's probably right. cursed, but yeah. he was, he was the, the Boy Scout. Yeah, he was Boy Scout of the show. He was the Boy Scout yeah. of the show, so maybe they changed something, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we thought, you know, yeah, he looks really prosthetic, you know, no CGI, <laughs> like, it, it, he's very small, but, like, if you see the show, like, like I told Shamari before, like, he doesn't have to be that big. Because he's not a character who's about his strength. It's just, it's just I have cybernetic parts. Uh, cyber- right. Like yeah. I'm athletic. You know, I played football, but I'm not like some linebacker. You know, strong world strongest man type of. You right. know, he's not doing <laughs> that crazy strength feats. So like, no, cyborg. Yeah, Teen Titan. They just made him super broad. You know, his feet are like his legs are like, you know, <laughs> like war machines. You know, but sure. um. But also, I, I, Wade's the way he interacted with the cast. Oh, Wade was, was awesome. arguably the best of the entire crew. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, I thought he was great. I would love to see him somehow in Teen Titans. You know, I, they they claim those worlds aren't canon, or in, aren't in the same universe. Uh, I mean, they listen, they kind of they kind of can't be because of the chief. I mean, there's a different chief. Yeah, that whole yeah, chief thing, chief. man. They ruined that joint, man. I mean, but I mean, this show. I mean, as we've seen, Mister Nobody, he's clashing universes left and right. So who knows what? That's true. You, you know, could just drop him in, in the Teen Titans. <laughs> I mean, this show's so weird. I mean, who knows? They could just drop drop in that universe out of nowhere. And what I like about this show, you talk about how it's weird, and like, it, it. We talked about it probably from episode one. How like, and we talked about in this in this episode, how it's similar in some ways to Legion, but I feel like it. While it is weird, it's not so weird to where I never know what's going on. Like no, I, I, I always feel like all right. I've sat here. I've watched this whole episode. I think I know what's happening. Legion. There are times where I would sit there, watch the whole episode, and still be like, man. I mean, I don't think I'm supposed to get this because I don't. Yeah. I certainly don't get it. I think maybe I'll get it by episode nine. Yeah, you know what's happening, but it's episode <laughs> seven. I still don't know what's happening. You know, like, and generally Legion, at least in season one, had like a punchline. You know, or season two also had the punchline got to a point where like you understood, all right, this is what they're this is what they're trying to show, this is what they're doing. Um, but Doom Patrol didn't need that. You know, every moment you kind of know what's happening, even though you know it's weird. Um, I would say that the last episode was probably the episode where it was like the weirdest, where I was like, all right, some of the stuff was a little Legion esque, um, but like even the stuff with like the Danny Street, like that stuff was weird, 
But like I still knew what was going on. I yeah. still knew what they were trying to say. They explained everything very thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, I thought well, one of my favorite arcs of the season as well um, was Cyborg's arc with Silas. Mm. Uh, Silas, I feel Morris. I thought did a good job yeah, playing him. Me and too. I thought that the more we learned about him, the more we learned about the nuance about of him. Like yeah. he made sense. Yeah, because that's like, the character he's supposed to be. Right, and like you know, I remember I forgot what episode it was. I was I was on. It might have been, uh, it might have actually been the, the the cyborg episode, where you know before the twist, I'm like, man, like they made like Silas so bad. Like, yeah. To the point where, like, man, like, should he really be this bad? <laughs> like, I know he, like, yes, he, he you know, he's kind of selfish. He's kind of selfish. He's kind of a jerk. He kind of like only kind of cares about his his um, son's his son cybernetics. Being, he being in the Justice League. Yeah, like, like, and, and some of that stuff. Most of that stuff is canon. But like Silas, I mean, works with the Justice League. Like, he's a, he's a good person. Like, right. And the way they painted him, but also it was so smart because like one, they kept showing you almost always from Vic's perspective, right. almost never from Silas's perspective. Right. And when you learn more about him, and and and, and you learn him about him in the Chief. Yeah, and why he kind of always stiff armed the chief. Stiff armed the chief, yeah. And and you kind of it kind of made sense. We always assumed it was just you know jealousy, yeah. You know, kind of oh, this is the guy that you know is like the nice guy who thinks that you got to just be nice to everybody in right. the world. Like no, we see there's a lot more of a there's a much more philosophical difference between them, and uh, and seeing you know each thing about Silas and 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 why he did what he did, and I just thought he was. Uh, I thought he was a really a great part of the show. I, I I always enjoyed when he got inserted back into the storyline. I thought he brought a lot to the table because you're trying to figure out. You're always trying to think because like similar to Vic, you're always trying to wonder what's his game. Like he he's almost always two steps ahead. So it's always like, what is he actually trying to do? So even the scene where we think he sells him out, we realize that no, it's actually part of his plan. You know, I thought Silas was uh was was really good. Man, that last episode when they're showing how the chief like did everything to the team. Oh man, that is that so. Is that's crazy that's stuff. crazy because to me, I mean, the scene where he's talking to Silas's wife about what he did to uh, to, to uh, Robot Man, Robot Man's yeah. family, like Jesus, to, like so for you guys, like, do you think that the chief is redeemable? Uh, yeah, I think they already set that up. Like, I mean, he, the story is the story. Like, he's done in terms of like what he did was what he did. Um, also, by the way, the chiefs. The story with the chief and the the what you call it, like the oh yeah the cave woman the cave woman that was crazy yeah that was too. crazy <laughs> yeah and you know the dude another, showing up another great episode you know I mean I was like man this is that was kind of your first glimpse of like the chief being like ruthless yeah 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 you know that was yeah that was man I mean they show it, it, I mean flexman towel I mean I can get into a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> but uh, in terms of the chief I feel like look he is who he is but. I think the stuff with him and his daughter and, like, them just still trying to, like, you know, whatever villain they want to set up for the next season, whatever they want to do for next season, like, I think Chief will still be involved. Um, but I think this is their way of separating Chief from, like, Professor X. Because without without this twist, it's, he's, he's only Professor X, basically. Right. You know, but now with this, it's like, all right, like, he's more or less, like... Yeah, he's like the anti-Professor yeah, X. Yeah, Exactly. He's like Professor X if he was truly morally corrupt and messed up. 
you know, like <laughs> right. that's what he that's who he'd be. So uh, it really adds some more nuance to his character, and it kind of explains why this group is so like disjointed and discombobulated. You know, I mean, I don't think he is redeemable, but I think it's still entertaining to watch. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it, after seeing this, I feel like you could have still made that chief from t- from Titan. Like that that dude was obviously way more like obviously evil than <laughs> right. this chief. But like could you have done something where like yeah, like, you know, if you made Timothy Dalton, obviously they didn't I don't think they knew he was gonna be in a show. I don't think they knew they were getting a show. But like if you put him in Titans, for example, or like said it was the same thing, but like did something to where like, yeah, like, you know that happened a different way or something, like right. like I feel like this guy is obviously also not the nicest dude. You know, this dude also, you know, I don't know if he would have done what happened in Titans. I got to rewatch. I told Shamar, I want to rewatch that Titans episode to see, like, not knowing all everything that I know about these characters, how it lines up to what the show became. Yeah. To see, like, if it was off or if there is some stuff that, like, you can carry over. But um, I, I want to watch and see how different that chief is to this chief and see if it's if there's any chance they could cross over those characters or overlap. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also want to want to do that as well, and like this is a show I want to watch like a lot of these episodes again, like they were so they were so good. I, I would want to. I feel like the the stuff that you could pick up on, you know, that you may miss. I also enjoyed how much this show really tried to, like in its, while it's not your superhero cape show, they did really try to infuse so much of the canon of Doom Patrol in this show, uh, inserting Beard Hunter, inserting. Uh, you know, Flexman Tallow. I mean, those are like some real deep pulls that only even your DC of biggest DC fans are gonna know. When when Mr. And they, Nobody they, and they made them and, and and did them pretty well. When we when they went into Mr. Nobody's uh, origin and he was talking about the brain. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, he's like, this guy, he, he went with a gorilla instead. Yeah, the, he, like, he explains the, bro- the brotherhood of evil. He said yeah. he got fired. I'm like, yo, that, like that's crazy. Like they're they're going real deep into like the the, the Doom Patrol Brotherhood. Board. I mean, that was that was wild. Um, yeah, this show. Was I, great. I I still wish that they and they may still may like go back and show us Brain as a villain. Yeah, and the, the Brotherhood of Evil. The Brotherhood could very well end up being the villain in season two. I think that that's that's very possible. Yeah. But um, especially when you drop lines like the way they did. Anyone else? Anyone else got anything on Deep Patrol Patrol before we move on? I, I mean, I can't say enough about this movie. About, excuse me, about this movie, about this show. Um, just the performances were just so awesome. Mister Nobody was spectacular. Diane was spectacular. Um, I thought Bomber as Larry was really, really spectacular. Um, we talked about Fraser. Talked about Jordan Wade. I thought the woman that played Rita was really great. I agree that Kendall. I think that anyone who was Maybe shorted a little bit. It was Rita, but I, I also kind of enjoyed like her. Like she fit perfectly with the team. Yeah. Like her kind of just being like the oh that's just nonsense. Like she kind of like was the one who kind of could speak to like how ridiculous the thing everything that was happening was happening. Yeah. Like her not wanting to be involved with so much of it. Like it all makes sense because like, yeah, like why would you want to be involved with this craziness? Right. Um, but I, I think we'll get that episode of her more so. We got it a little bit. We had glimpses of it a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I thought the monologue she had in the hospital was really good. Mm-hmm. One of the better moments I think of the season. Um, her episode where she, you know, she, you know, 
the person she the woman and she has the thing with the the Harvey Weinstein esque yeah. scene with the guy like you know like those were good scenes I hope we will I think we'll get more of those too yeah I agree um, I mean overall I'd say this this I think this show is just a, a Berlanti success absolutely you know I think this is another Berlanti success I think they're gonna cut him out of a check or I hope that they cut him another another check for for this show in particular um, because I definitely want to see more. Yeah, and shout out to Jeff Johns too. Jeff Johns was a big part. Oh yes, yeah, him too. Uh, he was the executive yeah. producer. He uh, on this show, I believe, as well. So he deserves a lot of credit. Um, yeah, it's, it's everybody deserves <laughs> a lot of credit, man. Um, and you talked about Jenny's for you know Robot Man and episode. I, I tell you what, no, Mister Nobody was an excellent villain. Talk about funny. Talk yeah. about engaging. Shout out to Alan Tudor, K two S O. Yeah, <laughs> K two S O. Um. This was a really great cast, really fun show. I, I really hope we get a season two because we, we, they earned it for sure. And the last uh, show we're going to recap today is going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, when we left off, it was, of course, that season premiere when Coulson kills that kid or the man we believe to be Coulson. Since then, we have a, a showdown between May and that team, a showdown that I think uh, is, you talk about, again, Jenny's, I think, for fight scene of the year. Uh, May fighting them in that in that. Uh, truck, I think would be up there for me. <laughs> yeah, that was that was dope. Uh, what a great way to reintroduce May as a badass. Um, I don't know if we've seen her really get down like that in a while. At least that doesn't feel like it's been that, like that in a while. And then uh, the last episode uh, being a lot more of a Fitz episode, and us kind of figuring out what he's been about after he you know swindled the dude out of his own ship. Somehow he lost control of that ship, and then now. Was in uh the 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 spaces version of Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> he was in the cantina, as I said when, yeah. when me and Kendall were watching. <laughs> uh, so I'll give it to you, Shan. What did you make of uh of this last episode and even the episodes prior? I thought it was cool. I mean, I I think this, I feel like there's another season of Agents of Shield where I'm like, I don't know where this is going, but <laughs> I'm intrigued, and I'm so far I'm liking the episodes that I'm seeing. So I'm very intrigued. I don't know what the deal is with these with these. Uh, whoever these guys are <laughs> on earth um uh this was definitely a space episode so we completely kind of went away from mac and and uh may and them yo 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 so um enoch is hilarious i'm yeah, loving it i like enoch more the more i see enoch i'm like man they need to keep enoch yeah <laughs> so um enoch was was uh, wonderful in this episode i thought fitz was wonderful in this episode um uh, I'm very. It's, I think it's really cool that we we have hunters now, so we have Chronicoms that are like hunters. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's kind of like crazy. So I'm 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 interested to see that confrontation. I guess whenever I guess Quake and and, and uh, um, Gemma eventually interact with them. Um, uh, and I thought it was really funny when they had that scene when, when Gemma and, and Quake were just tripping out for like <laughs> for like a good portion of the episode. So that was very funny. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought the episode—I thought the episode was really cool, and I'm interested to see where we go from here. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like uh, Agent to Shield. I thought this was a very good episode. Um, we, we, you know, I feel like because it's only ten episodes, they're gonna move this stuff faster. So like, we're getting the the, the Gemma fit stuff kind of out of the way. Well, um, we thought we were, but then he 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 yeah he's gone again. he's gone again. Yeah. But but I was surprised they we they got that yeah, close exactly. to him that quickly. You know, it wasn't like this was a twenty something episode. We might have got this in like episode five, episode yeah, six. Definitely. You know? <laughs> yeah. But 
you know, because only 10 episodes or was it 10 or 13 or whatever it is. Um, like 13, I think. 13. 13. Um, like, they're going to have to accelerate some of the storyline. So, um, I think we definitely saw that. Um, what was happening with Coulson? I don't know. You know, uh, whatever he was doing at the end of the episode. But, um, but yeah, I thought, this was, I thought this was a good episode. I thought it was solid. You said Shamari Enoch was very good. Uh, him and Fitz's interactions are always fun. So, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, I, I, I love this episode. Um, I thought that, um, again, the idea of kind of intera- introducing like a space-like, you know, Las Vegas, you know, felt very Star Wars-like. Um, I definitely feel like that's where they got to connect the, the inspiration for that episode. I love the, you know, the hallucinogens uh, yeah. of Gemma and, and, and Daisy being, you know, high off them joints and, and the other guy who was on the ship being high off the off the off the alien puffs like i thought that was a, a great vibe and i thought they got to do some cool uh visual stuff with that as well i did think it was a little strange that like days really fight so well under yeah. that that was the only thing i kind of was like i mean he was just wrecking these dudes and i'm like you would think if you're on you're high off high, like shrooms basically like you're not going to be able to do that put that kind of work in um but but no, I, I I still enjoyed this episode. I agree. I think Fitz and Enoch have a really special uh, chemistry that works really well, um, and it worked particularly well in this episode. But I, I was only one. I was part. I was a little upset that they took away uh, Fitz because I like Kendall was saying because we're so short. I kind of didn't mind if they just got to this Fitz and Gemma thing pretty quickly. But now it seems like we're going to have at least another episode where we're going to have to see how they get closer to Fitz. Once they got that close, I'm like, all right, you might as well just reunite them. And then they didn't. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. now we got another one, at least another one or two more episodes, perhaps, where they finally get them back. Uh, I do agree. Uh, introducing the new uh, Chronicom that's a, a hunter is certainly interesting. And seeing how uh, if Enoch's able to protect him from someone like that because right. he says he's not a fighter per se he's, right you know a, a, a anthropologist as he keeps saying <laughs> right um so that would be uh, pretty interesting but i gotta say though even before this episode going back to the last one i just i love uh clark greg's portrayal of this whoever this person is yeah, is, yeah the uh what, what they call him the, the not the chief they call him uh, uh the, the the something I don't look it up. Yeah, I forgot forgot what they're calling him. (laughs) Oh, Sarge. That's what they're calling him. Sarge. (laughs) I mean, he's so good in that role. Like, Sarge from Cars or something. And seeing him as this, like, just, like, cutthroat, like, you know, basically heist dude, you know, know, the the bank, robbing bank, the bank scene. I I mean, again, I I thought that was a great episode. It's the episode two. I I thought um, the, the heist in the bank... Uh, the confrontation with May, like all that stuff worked well, but I think Clark Gregg to me has been a standout in the show so far. Um, that episode where he really got to really show a lot about who this new Colson is. Um, he's so good that I don't remember, like to me, like a good character, a good acting job is when I'm not thinking about like Phil Colson. I'm not thinking about Phil Colson when he's this guy. This guy is like, he's ready to kill people. He's ready to do whatever. He's ruthless. He's cutthroat. Like he's been phenomenal. I think he's been one of the, the big, bright spots of the season early on so far yeah i mean i i mean i love clark gray always in agents of shield yeah but i i think it's very interesting i at first when when found out that colson was coming back but he just wasn't going to be colson i was like i I mean i'm excited but i was like this could go wrong (laughs) you know i was a little like "Mm." 
you know, but the, Clark Craig is knocking it out of the park. I like the story they're telling so far. Um, so, yeah, I think they're doing really good with that. Another thing I want to point out that I'm excited for, we're getting Deke next episode, mm. according to the previews. Yep. So I'm very much looking forward to that. See, I didn't know that because I watched it on Hulu, so I didn't get to uh, see the preview for next week. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering when he was going to come in. How are they How how are they previewing him coming in? He's, like, at, like, like some school or something, Yeah, he's right? just, he just kind of like, there. He's, like, he's not, like, in any, he's, like, in, like, not street clothes, but, like, like a suit. Not a suit, but, like, you know. He's in, like, regular clothes. Yeah, you know, it looks like, you know, just a, yeah. your average young adult. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, apparently, Sarge and the crew are going to, like, try to hunt him down and, like, kill him. Mm, that's really <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be at Colson. This guy's going to be like, like Colson? Why are you calling me that? Stop calling <laughs> yeah. me that. He said in the last episode uh, that Colson, that name, that it's word, familiar, right? it says it rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. So, I still have no idea what the situation is, or who this guy is, or why he looks like Colson. If he is Colson, um, the 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 science dude at at uh, that what's his name, Shield. He certainly seems to be frustrated by learning more about the fact that Colson was once resurrected, and yeah. there was an LMD program, which I love. He was like <laughs> the idiot. We need to know, find the idiot who created this. So of course, that was Fitz. Um, Agents is off to. I think he's off to a good start. I think it's off to a really strong start. Um, it's not that surprising. This show is great, but I thought last season's start was a little slow. I, I, I'm liking this start better already. I don't know how you guys feel compared to last season, and I like the stuff with the you know the the colony, but right. but that was a definitely a way more slower build than what we have today. Yeah, I think you're right about. I think you're right about that. Like last season, fits me on that sh- on that ship would have been like three episodes. Yeah. Like, I didn't need to see that. I'm glad that it was one episode. Yeah, I agree. I feel like. Um, but I think that's a good place to wrap the show uh, this week, guys. So, uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Also, check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, New Generation Media, on Twitter, at New Generation Pod, and on Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. Follow Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, uh, MCChan22. Follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, ActionEJ. Once again, that does it for now, but we will be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.